I can share a concern. I got a call today from somebody that's not in the best uh, relationship with someone else. And, and, and uh, Tom Rowe is dying. He knows he's dying. And uh, I was close. I mean, we, we were at one time like this. And I've called. You know, when someone's dying, you know I'm your bonded. You know that there's no death. I mean, I preach it freely. And I, the other day I was sitting there and, you know, leaning on my pillow and saying, I thought, I'm going to die. Well, yeah, Bill, we all know that, you know. <laughs> but, but it's like I could a couple more breaths and it could be bye-bye. And I thought, well, I still have, you know, three or four percentage worth of vigor left. It's not about me. What, who am I, where am I with? And I thought about Tom. And so I'm going to get on the phone and call him sometime. But folks, all <laughs> I started looking at my phone and canceling people out, you know, people, and, and, and I thought, I have a very large group of people on the other side. <laughs> and it, <laughs> when my dad was in his 90s, he said, well, most of my friends are gone. I used to have a lot of exchange on the phone. But uh, since there is no death, you know, and <laughs> we're all being uh, covered and governed and smothered and kicked around, mostly by our own stuff, because God's a, a nurturing father. He really is. And I, I keep telling myself that even <laughs> when I talk back to him. But uh, you're wonderful because he says so, and I have to see you that way. And I'm going to say this a couple of times today, and I wish the high school kids would write it down. The greatest power on the earth is the love of God, which none of you, I don't have it in my pocket. Agape, agape can get away. Okay? Get it? And James just got married. And this is new to you, and you, I'm, I've had 66 years on the line. What about that? I'm, I'm experienced. And, and this day, or yesterday, I mean, I was so far from the tracking of what God wants. Don't you know? Because we don't have it ourselves until we're resurrected. We have to ask every day. Now, there are a lot of people in here, and I was going to say fruitcakes, because I've been when I've said things. You know, I know that, or writing it down. Unless he writes it in your heart, it's nonsense. Yeah. Uh, all right. And sometimes preaching is sure foolish, because even as I look around today, <laughs> their, their heads, even the people I want to talk to the most, their heads are bob, bob, bobbing like they're in a Halloween uh, dunking session, you know, at a party where, get the apple. And until there's care, and until the, the love that is from God only comes through, you know, all of us toward one another. Uh, the greatest need in the house 
is our relationship with God first and the, to see everyone else as his property that we need to care for. Not that we need to clean up. I'm good at that. That's why they put a badge on me and say, this guy's really something, and they made a mistake because I'm not afraid of anything. And now, and even God, you know, I was such an ass, such a donkey, kids, that Buddy said, you know, you're, you walked in where angels fear to trap. And I said, how do you know where angels are fearful if you don't walk in? Like I really had some. Okay? So we, we are dependent. Let's give God the best you have today and tell him you're dependent to walk. Let's give Thank you, Lord. If that same spirit that makes our
or yesterday, I just had that simple song, Lord, You Are So Precious. Um, and I think we should go into the weekend with that prayer. So I want everyone to shut their eyes. Teenagers, if you want to raise your hands, just like this, feel free. <laughs> Actually do it. <laughs> Yes. 
Well, and, and, and I just want to say this again, and, and I'm going to back there. You, I know it's hard to write and turn, but do it. I need to see your faces. It, it is kind of, I mean, Betty trying to take on John Cheever once when he wasn't looking at his back was too many. It wasn't a good picture. It turned out good, but it wasn't good in the beginning. That's the way the conflict is. But the, the essence of what is essential for us, and I think throughout this, but I want to say I hope, because I know I love you, and I know I don't have agape in my pocket. Because when the Lord was charged, charging and said, do you love me, do you love me, do you, you know. Uh, after a while, there was a little, you know it. Well, no, I, I uh, it was a different avenue. And there's no married man in the place that has this capacity without calling on it, okay? No one. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we have fewer marriages and I think I would, that's one of the things that I would say. You cannot be married, you cannot be a son. Uh, you can be a son, but you're, you're in the crib, commissioned to the crib, until you come to a place where you love God more than you love yourself. And that's an indictment already, you can say amen to that. Okay, so as we look at these things today, uh, I particularly wanted someone to take notes and I trust, I hope the teachers do because I want to revisit this. Because to me, the, the way out of insanity, the way out of being crippled and stopped and everything is, um, something that we have to get a, a hold on. Because God fixed us, messed us up. I've said that enough. And, and, and there should come a time when you know exactly where it says that. That you've been messed up. And uh, this, uh, because you have, his Overwhelming provision is there for you. Now, and you want to get that. Everybody has to at least get what's provided, I would say. But after that, you want to know response. I got a, a bunch of cards upstairs, and, and I, I was a little embarrassed. My, my friends at the Doofendorf gave me suspenders today. <laughs> and, and with the warmth and the wonder of our relationship, you can ask him what I said to him. But, but uh, you know, love must have must have tension, and God shows you the way. If you if you've never, you know. <coughs> I think you were here when somebody said, I've never had a serious argument with my wife. Buddy Cobb said, I've never had an argument with my wife that wasn't serious. So please understand, everything behind 
what is said today for you. And, and everyone in the place, as far as I'm concerned, this is vital. Because you wanna know why we're here, what's going on, what's the meaning, you know? And, and, and uh, Salvaggio walks around with a wife that's in uh, the greatest strait that people are in, I'm dying. Very positive. But we preach there's no death. You know, uh, that's good. But there's still a separation and there's pain. And uh, you know, we go to our, some do, some don't, some say, I don't want anything planted. I've got to get this myself. And T. Austin Sparks, with all his war against humanism, not going to help you just reading him. There's nobody that can touch you and, and make you and me what we are but the Holy Spirit. And you have that avenue. You have full access to ask the Spirit every day, and that's where the offering comes in. We've been there and been there and been there. And I, I hope that you know, wherever you go, whatever you see, you understand this thing of the provision. You understand that he, be, he begs you to offer yourself. And ultimately, uh, you know, well, how's your, how are your people doing, Brother Bill? Well, they're uh, a living sacrifice. <coughs> they're love slaves to God. Well, we're, come on. That's a prophesying, right? Would you, would you like to be standing before the Lord and saying, well done, you, eventu you eventuated into being loving me more than anything else? Are you thankful for time to do that? Sure, sure. Thankful for a place where the press is on, where it happens. All right, turn with me to Romans uh, 8. And I'm trusting the high schoolers particularly will take notes. And if not, they'll get them from a beloved teacher who will share. In Romans 8, verse 28, and I, this came out of a, somebody who printed a, a Austin Sparks things, and they left out the central thing of it. Uh, and here's what, here's what it says. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What was left out? Anybody? I'll say it again. Somebody wasn't listening. How do you have five? Yeah. See, they, I don't know why they did it, but it was a new translation and it wasn't there. That's why occasionally you ought to stay with what you, you know, it's trusted. But now, now I'll say it again. <laughs> I'll just read it the way it is. <laughs> Here it is. And we know, and if you don't, you got trouble. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. <clears throat> to them that are called according to his purpose. And, uh, Really, everybody in the room, please write this down for you. 
Feel free to speak up if you need to. Everybody in the room has a purpose in God. And, and you know, there are high school students look around and, you know, they're juniors, seniors, senior, what are you going to, every senior thought, what are you going to do next year? Well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And when I travel in Europe, frequently, I see packs on the back, a couple of guys together, maybe uh, a guy and a girl, two girls and a guy. But they're, they're out of some school. And I've got to find them, put them on the floor. I think if I go out to Europe, I'll find what I'm for. You know, and you, everybody has to be left free. Let me say this to you. All second and third generations, you're free. You didn't get the same. You have a greater freedom than I do or Richard and Karen and David and some of the old timers. You know, what, you're, what are you, second generation? Yeah. yeah, you don't usually guess. You're pretty good at math, if I remember. Anyway, so, but, but the idea is, when God says it personally to you, I mean, some of you who are born here, you're running around for a long time, saying, What's, what are we doing out here? We're, we're weird compared to everybody else. Well, you are certainly different, would you say? Do people, you know, some people come in here, and who was it? Said, he said to the lamb, you guys, you guys aren't uh, really walking in faith. And they come out here and say, this is the greatest community I've ever seen. He's wrong on both counts. The most important word I preached one time, and it's still evading me, was <laughs> judge nothing before the time. And my goodness, did I malign. You know, Jeffries came over and said, Bill, I got what, what a word. And, and I said, well, thanks, John, thanks. And I had my esteem for him was over the hill and through the dale. But you can't look at anybody and finalize where they are. It, you, you can't even say, oh my goodness, that, that guy, he's going to hold the line, that girl's going to be there, that, that, you know, because the, the, <laughs> the multifaceted diversions and methods of God, everyone in here, I said the other day, I think, didn't I say something about, I want you to take your son Abraham and I want you to sacrifice him, and, and didn't I ask, say that was weird? I thought I so. Is that weird? Yes. It's weird. But see, God has foreknowledge. He didn't have to say, gee, I hope, I hope you're going to be faithful. You're here in, in El Paso. You're driving around like a crazy teenager. But I'm going to send you up north to, to Whitestone. And I don't know, maybe they can help you. Lee, Lee said, that's the only place, I mean, Brother Bill, please. Whitestone's the only place for that boy. Is it, what? Well, it was nice, but he was delusional. 
No, and I am too. You know, people think we do magic. I think, no magic. You're all on your own to deal with this thing of purpose. It was purpose that saved me from a divorce. It was purpose that saved me way back there for, uh, uh, you're not, I'm not, it's, I, don't, I don't need a commercial about that, but uh, if you don't look for meaning, you're, you're, you're gonna lose ground. You know, I told you, we're, we're driving in Texas, it's, uh, we've got black eyes, I'm driving 12 miles an hour because cars are off the road, the Texans don't know how to drive like Alaskans do. <laughs> you know, and I go up to 13 miles an hour, 12 or 13, and I said, you're going too fast, you're going, and I was, because the car started to slide, just with two miles more. Uh, the excesses, and the way we evaluate things. What is this black ice all about? I didn't go pondering, but it wasn't too long before I said, those guys are off the road. I don't want to go there. Brilliant, Bill. But when my life was tethered, <laughs> you've heard me say, I don't mind people who've lost their way or who have scattered togetherness, or a little bit. I've been around them. My wife went through something that I never believed that she would have to go through. And I thought, out of the way, once again, Big Bill fixed this thing, and I couldn't fix it. Couldn't fix it. And you can't fix you. You know, and really, I'd like to clear the place of people who are just existing. You know, and if God, I might be first in line. There's days when God would say, because I sat on the couch and talked to God, and I said, I don't want to, and I'm not going to. And it was helpful to me. So your rebellion doesn't bother God. You're wanting you, and your affection for whatever you want doesn't trouble him, he's God. <laughs> Some of this stuff is so funny. Anyway, listen, uh, uh, you're still in Romans 8, I take it. Purpose. I was so helped, and God was so specific when I was crazy. I mean, well, let's say I was off the road. Uh, and anybody look at me, and I, I did call a guy, call a friend, and I said, I think I've lost it. And he said, I think you have. <laughs> he had more psychotherapy. Uh, <laughs> and when, when I was there, God showed me time. All I asked was, why, 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 why? And every time I ask, and I'm not saying this, this is not a formula for you, but you need to ask him, and you have access to him every minute of the day, and he's there for you. Believe me, he is a nurturing father. He's nicer than some of the good fathers in here. You know, I've seen Patrick, Patrick you know, in a, a dither trying to be a father. 
I've seen David. I've seen <laughs> this guy. And I've seen this guy's dad, too, when you would come along and interrupt. You wanted to know everything. You wanted to be in the business when you were seven years old. We had to say, just wait a minute. But God waits. He judges with his eyelids. He knows you're going to go to hell and swim around in the swill. He knows you must because he destined you for it. Well, Sister Betty, I'm going to give her equal time to close if she wants to rectify that. Not everybody goes to the depth of hell that others do, okay? You heard me say it. Some have to go to prison, okay? Some have to be addicted. Some have to have three women. You know? <laughs> I got a real good friend. I can't wait when we and I are back on track. We're not now. But I say, well, did you ever roll over and say, Stella? <laughs> and have her say, I'm Marie. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Stella. Did, how much help have you had? Because God still loves the crazy people who don't know how to drive, who don't know how to uh, take care of anything. He didn't say, measure up. And most of you here, Unfortunately, God mm. help us all. There's so many that I got to measure up. If I look that way, and, and I can't help you, God has to tell you that. Yes, it's nice to show up. I told somebody this morning, if you were on my crew and, and you kept coming in late, I'd fire you. One of the best guys we had here, I said that to. But that doesn't mean God would. You understand? Because when he called you, he knew you would eventually get up. The reason I say, I don't want to and I'm not going to. <laughs> because it's current. And I preach that God knows me. And, and, I, and the most important thing, folks, for you to say is I can't, I don't want to, you can. Could you help me? Yeah. Please. And, and God doesn't, he doesn't go, oh, I'm glad you said that. You know, gird up, though. <laughs> Embarrassed again. But, but no, he... he that's not the kind of father he is. He'll, he'll wait. I mean, I, I love this statement. He's not a glorified bellhop that's going to go front and center because you want him. You know that by now, don't you? I just wanted you to know it. John Cheever's been such a friend, and, and he came in with that, and I was on that topic, and what he read was cutting edge, and what my sister who tried to tell me what to do for years. And if I'd had it, if I were the doctor and I had a badge, I'd say, see, that says doctor. She didn't care. But she had a word from God for us the other day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And wondering, you know, I, used to, I was wondering if, uh, and I shook my head when you left uh, <laughs> your girl and went. And then when you came back and 
People know about them all over the world. There are people that if you go anywhere, Nathan, I will say, he's the combat kid. He was kind of stupid. He says he was, you know. And, you know, anybody, you know, I've seen guys, it's like, it's like Luke. And please, this is a prayer request. I've said earlier that if you want to share, you feel free. I was a wretched Nazi school teacher. And so I kind of like that, and it's important. Where was I? Yeah. Just pray for Luke. You know, beautiful girl. How many got to know her a little bit? She's spontaneous. Not a lot of religious pretense. She wasn't that impressed with herself. Did it? Is that true? Yeah, that's great. You know, I've had seven years on the mission field. And she did, but she wasn't impressed with it. You know, she cried upstairs. You know, when I shared some of the stuff we were, really? She just broke down because she thought maybe she was going to be brought into it. And I whispered this in her ear. Honey, all you have to do, you're born again. Try to hear every day. Offer yourself to God and listen to his whisperings. And do the best you can. You don't have to be an astronaut to understand all this. And she was wonderful. I talked to her on the phone. You know. And <laughs> I yelled at Luke. Luke! Get back down there and recover the, I think she might have still been wearing, but he, he, all he did was put the wedding off a little bit. That's not a mortal son, <laughs> is it? No, no. I'm not gonna ask the girls to raise their hands if they had questions before they came to the altar that day. Okay. Some of you couldn't, you know. But you can't have a marriage that's approved under God without God advice. And so people go on pretending. Okay, hear this. Romans 8, 29, if you want to go there. You don't have to, except you're in high school. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. He knew you before. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, now this is great stuff. And this is what you are capacitated with before you're able to really even understand it. There are people in this room that do not understand justified and why they got it, and what imputation, or even immutability is. You don't have to understand. It's good if you do. And whom he justified, 
Let me also glorify this Romans 8, 29 and 30. Okay. Now, because of the words that we've had and with Nathan's change, talking about the shift, nobody likes change. You know. But if you don't, you can't get traction. And so turn with me quickly to to Job 7, okay? And I may have been there. Now, wait a minute. Let's not go there. Let's go to Jonah. Jonah 4, uh, verse 8 first, okay? Can you do that? Now, you've got both scriptures there if you miss anything, because I'm not going to do a bunch. Because some of this you've got to find yourself. Um, in Jonah 4, um, uh, you know 1, 2, and 3. How many people have read this? We've been over that a lot. You know, I, I, anybody, can somebody tell me what I said or, or what you heard just as way as review? Some of you, you know, it's new every day because you didn't take notes. You didn't think it through. You were busy. And I understand that. Um, but... I said it was one of my favorite books for a reason. Does anybody recall the rationale that I threw at you? My rationale? Anybody? Just say, I do, but I don't want to talk. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at it as, you know, the book ends and it's not in. It's not ended. It doesn't have a happy ending. It doesn't have a bad ending. All it, well, let's read it. Uh, and, and it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished himself to die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, dost thou well to be angry for the gore? He said, I do well to be angry, even to die. Would you say that was a good response to God? Yeah, good point. Honest, but probably God knew that there was probably a little more work he had to do. Anybody here believe that Jonah was saved? Don't raise your hands. No, he had to measure up. You're a fool if you fight. The hope that's in you. And cannot believe that the mercy comes. It comes and it comes and it comes. And you're not worth it. I'm not worth it. But he... Arlie has a great line. We should call him and ask him what his dad said to him about... This idea, I'm not worth it. Let's agree you're not worth it. Never argue with that again. I've been over that. The law of the spirit of life made you free. Actually, Paul says it made me free. Hoping the rest of you, the rest of us would believe it. And that's the only thing that's helped me to get up. Only me. All right. I, I, 
I just want to die. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for which thou hast not labored, neither made its grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. I'm acting like, no, that was God's lines. Sorry, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and, and so God has the last two lines. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Now, just hear this. I said this, some of you weren't listening, some of you aren't now. That's okay. You will. But with the foolishness of preaching, uh, I, I have to say that the Ninevites were worse than the Nazis. Much worse. They skinned people alive before they died in war. Most, uh, when the Russians found out that the Afghans were doing that, the, the Russians, the worst group of, of uh, Russians that they could send there, when they saw the barbed wire on which the men who had been skinned alive, bleeding, but still groaning, because they didn't die that fast, and they came upon 20 of them that were done that way. The Russians <laughs> began to shake, and all their armor and all the rest, they hightailed it. It's a very interesting story. I'd like to look into it closely. I was reading something at the time about it. Terror, fear is a big boy. I grew up in the neighborhood. I like literature and I like to read, and I was fairly good in school at the time. And then there came a time when I didn't like to fight, and the guys around me said, you don't fight, we're gonna fight you. Kicked me, bullied me. Scary. Funny neighborhood. One of my close friends probably died in San Quentin, a three-time loser. His mother kept telling the press and everybody when we ran away from home in the eighth grade, and the television people had my mother on television and, and Bob Matney's mom. Uh, his mother said, my Bobby would never steal a car and leave and do something like this. He would not do that. And then my mother said, the reporter turned to my mom and said, yeah, Billy would. <laughs> and uh, don't you know, don't you know that everything in your life God has etched there for you to look at and some of the best things, it's about, oh, people talk too much and I'm one of them at times. I, I got this idea because I was there, they want to hear my story. But this story is for you. When I first read this years ago, I said, I understand why, why he felt that way. I wouldn't want to go into Nazi Germany, you know, in 19, 
37, 38, 39, 39. <laughs> but even 38, he'd say, I have come in the name of the Lord, and, you know. But and God knew I was too little anyway, thank God. But there were men on this place, and they sent a guy that acquiesced and said, okay, I know you're not gonna do anything nasty, you're a good guy, and he went back to England and he said, we will have peace in our time. And he was a fool. And then in the next handful of months, they, they went in and slaughtered the Polish. They strafed them with the stukas and did all kinds. But I'm telling you, just to get the point, and it's kind of overstated by me, but the truth is, the, <laughs> the Ninevites make the Nazis look like they're teaching Sunday school. And that's why he didn't want to win. And fear is a big boy. The biggest fear and stupid fear that you have and I've had is I might miss something. If I don't call the shots, who's going to call them? Because the maker of all things, the one who said, let there be light, and there was light, the one who made the shape of the galaxy that put the stars in place, that made the shape of a beautiful woman and the strength of a man and the, and the, and the multiplicity of stuff, doesn't know how to throw a party to make Bill happy. Only Bill does. Real stupid. Real foolish. And until we offer, you don't, you don't have to. All you have to do is offer yourself. And, and I'll say this again, and this is for the high schoolers. God will not give you big time direction until he knows. And even me saying he won't, it's a generalization, but largely, you don't get help. I have not had the help that I have seen when I say I'm all in. Whatever costs I'm there, and I, you know, please, don't listen to me, and I know you're, you're, you, you know when I'm falling, you know when I'm getting up, you have foreknowledge. Don't listen to somebody who said, I've disappointed God, I had a relationship with somebody I shouldn't have had, I did a dirty thing, I looked at it, oh, oh. don't listen to them. Don't listen to the voice that say, you know, you're not worth it. You're, you're over your head. I, you know, when, when I talk to people in here, please understand, Satan is stronger than anybody in the room. He's got angels. His little tweety, you know, bird dog angels are greater than you. The, the, the least of, of the spiritual host can, can put you in your place. There are thousands of them, you know. So you're no match, but God still looks after you. Ever wondered why you haven't fallen and stuff? Some of you did, you know. Uh, the two brightest guys in my college, and, I, and the Holy Spirit brings them, I haven't thought of them for a while, I'll bet my wife can. Dick's cave. Can you remember the other guy's name? Anyway, it's not important, but those two guys from my college were, I mean, really, they were 
up their high IQs. Both of them thought they could beat the races. Uh, you know, go to the races, the race horses, and they could gamble and win. And one guy, uh, he died early, he didn't work. And the other guy's still alive, or was, not long ago. They came to my living room, I saw him. I was even out at Hollywood Park once when I saw the guy running around. Because I was in, I wanted to breed horses, I was out there with my horses. But the, the point is that, that no one, no one is going to, both these guys are called. I mean, they, they come to my house and they've been on, you know, up and down the ridge tracks and lying and three quarters under it. Uh, and for a while they made money with their program. But it died. Okay. Because God foreknew that they would wake up one day. And even if it's on the other side, John Cheever and I argued because he was he said in the early, and I told him, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you know me that I that I speak up on occasion. But he's saying that if that if, if the resurrection call is coming, he would not be ready. I think I shared this with you once. And I said, you don't know that. He said, yeah, I do. I said, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. And, and so I stopped realizing that he, he, he believed that we weren't going anywhere. But I, I tended to lean toward his point because I think you know if you're hearing and, and some of you go, wow, I don't know what Becca thought. Did you feel confident when you got out the other day? Not so much, okay. And the other times uh, we do and then we, you know, it's like David and I have talked about and Richard too, you know, at 5.30 in the morning, you may feel like you have something, the caffeine stimulates you and you take it and maybe somebody will listen and they don't, you go, uh-oh, <laughs> it wasn't quite that. But please understand, you have purpose. To those that love God, there's not just wild generative purpose out there. David was a murderer. David was an adulterer and, a, and he didn't get it right away. I've said this, I've said this before. And, and the law that was given by God himself was if you were a murderer and a adulterer, there was no hope for you. You were stoned. That's it. And so what happened to David? The mercy of God kept him. Understand? You're under another covenant. Covenant. And I, I've said this because I went to church one morning as a little kid and the Beatties were teaching her really nice people. I asked the question, I said, God, God sent these people across the river? And they said, kill everybody. Kill man, woman, and child. And I had a vivid imagination, even as a little guy. I must have been seven or eight, I don't know. And I said, why, why would God, you tell me that God is love. You tell me that God is, why, I mean, there are women there with babies and, and they, you know, 
Caleb and Joshua went across and slashed them, came into the tent while they were nursing and killed them. Or, or maybe one of the guys went across the river and said, no, this is a, she's nursing a baby. And the guy pushed him aside and boom. I said, I don't understand that. And the Beatties told me at the time, they didn't know it. They didn't know how to tell it. They said, God is not that kind of a God anymore. I quit the church. <laughs> We didn't have a Bible in the house, and I thought, no. Folks, when I say purpose, tie purpose in with meaning. What does this mean? What does it mean? What will it mean? What is what has God up to? And if you don't, if you don't go to Him as a needy child with an offering and saying, I want to trust you. I mean, his, his whole goal is for us to come to the fullness of the stature. And I'm going to, I'm just about ready to close here. But before I do, uh, let me help you with this. Uh, one of the things that happened, and this is a testimony, but when I was a little guy, I had a BB gun. And now I've got the grade school kids, you know. I had a BB gun, and I, I could never hit a sparrow, you know, with, with my BB gun, because they'd fly around and all that. So what I did, I went down to a chicken pen. This is a terrible thing. Maybe children should be here. You know, telling you know, he's a sick man later when he get home. But anyway, I, I got out, got feet out, and I threw the feet out, and the sparrows came in, and I stood back real close, maybe, to where Tom is. And he shot one, two, three, four, five, six sparrows. And then I felt. <laughs> and I'm sorry. No, but but I, I was kind of gratified in the shooting and that. I loved the doing it. But I got up and walked away, and please understand, Little kids at times, they don't know. I mean, they're without feeling, separated from God. Until they're born again, they're, they're dead. And, and the semi-dead man, I mean, I don't, you know. But when, when, when I was losing it, when I, when I, I told, driving along in the, in the night, and crying out loud, psoriasis all over my body, just, Passed the test, got you know a high grade on the, back there, and I've been up late and studying. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I'm, uh, uh, and uh, and I quit young life that I was in for about 12 years. And I was driving along in my new car. Betty was asleep. I told the story. You veterans have heard. But at that time, a sparrow crying, saying, "No, God, where are you? I need it." A sparrow hits the, the Pontiac window. Maybe the th I'm sitting there glazed, and I didn't get it right away, but it, it was very quick for me to see that not a bird falls from the sky. 
And please take this personally. Don't be specific with you. And when he is specific with you, you'll know it. He was talking to me, and I knew it, but I didn't have the reservoir, the, okay, I'm going on now. I still was wandering. Because God takes every man. You know, I imagine the fathers here with, with children and the family, some of their kids get it quick. They get it, they do it, they're responsible. And the others don't get it, they look like they're lost and wandering. And the, and the most important thing is to cry that at least they will say, God, I need help. But this is what, this is from the word. <laughs> and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, I, even with that scripture, I don't believe, I do not believe that that means a guy is, you know, is under damnation forever. My soul has been beat to shreds. Anybody that lives very long and doesn't get it and, you know, walk carefully, you know, you're going to get beat up along the way. That's what... That's why we could listen to our sister. That's why what we heard the other day from John is so significant. Some of you will quit, stop. Doesn't mean you're lost. It means that you can take your way and, and God will pick it up, pick up the program from there. I could not avoid the specificity the, the, the couple of weeks where I couldn't sleep and I was out of it, that God brought to my mind, brought to my mind over and over and over. I was kind of a zombie, but he was talking to me. I didn't go out and do wonderful things. Please hear this. The, salva the Salvation Army, I don't know what it's all about. I don't know. I know it's probably a good thing. Any of these organizations, Goodwill, the, the thousands of organizations that come out of the minds of individuals to start and do. Whitestone, we're here to, you know, there, there's an enormous amount of closure in the margins of what we're not yet. Would you say that? We haven't arrived yet, are you clear on that? This is what Jesus spoke to him. And this is what came back to me with not my killing the sparrows in there. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them, please hear this. And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. God let me kill sparrows. Because it was, it was a big deal. I had to share the rest of the guys for a while. And, and I felt crummy. 
I didn't know why I felt crying. I wasn't pointing him. But he wanted me to see that nothing, nothing, that my commitment to young life, I'd been there 12 years, and all over Southern California, 400 kids. I've been in living rooms where four or 500 kids came in just to hear about Jesus. And in those days, I was so scared, I had to wear a sweater because I sweat and I would be like stains down in there. Your God is looking after you. And there's nothing going on out there, and especially with his children, that he has, you know, come on, we've been through the types and shadows we've had years. And there's, he knows the hair on your head. What it says. Now, me telling you that won't do anything, but when you see him do and ignite your carcass, your brain, whatever feeble aspect of yourself, when you see him be specific in your life, don't run. Don't run. And we, we know the pain. We know it's hurtful to die. And the biggest thing is for us to get out of the way. Christ. And I, I felt like the Holy Spirit said this. I'll close with this. A lot of you still believe that your relationship with God is a free party deal. Okay? It's not a free party deal. It's a two party deal. Jesus said it. Take my yoke. If you as a Christ that's been born by his spirit tied to God himself. Do you dust off, you know, the song that our sister asked us to sing today, uh, I play it on the plane and I, I found myself weeping over the kindness and the evidence of logos. Jesus is always, he's going to be very significant. He'll never lose his place. And you'll never lose the purpose and the place and the meaning where God has you scheduled to be. It's just as significant in the sense of his personally, personally etching and touching and being there. Not in terms of some grandiose thing, but nevertheless a purpose. Please understand that. Don't keep saying, I gotta be like Jesus. You will be if you stay with God and offer yourself as a son. And until you are working to be a love slave of God, you're not gonna get much, uh, I mean, what you really want. The depth of his, his kindness comes when you're all in. That's the reason and you, you need to be careful about the people who are too casual. The people who sit here and come and spit on authority that, you know, they're weak and don't know where they're going. And, and uh, at times, I think it was one of our guys said, I'm the most miserable person in this room. And he was 
dispensing of word and anybody doing that. Did you feel wonderful when you came up here, sister? No, she didn't. God help us. Have a good weekend. And uh, realize that you're the weekend of, of this two-party deal. People want to go back. They want to make Jesus the hero. We, even in the convention, we saw some of that. The most significant thing that has happened by the hand of God is his intention for a family. Okay? And you're a part of it. God help us. Somebody lead us in a song or a prayer and we'll close. Doesn't matter. Somebody take leadership. Doesn't matter. Holy Spirit.